Hello to everyone listening to this podcast all around the world. And of course to the few who are watching this on YouTube, watching the video of this podcast. Hello to you too. In this episode of po- this podcast, I'll be talking about history, as always. And particularly on this um, war between the Igorot tribes and the Spaniards in the 1600s. This is called the Igorot Revolt. But I won't be calling it that. I be I wouldn't even consider it a revolt, <clears throat> because uh, I'd be telling you the reason later on. So let's start discussing the story while drinking coffee. So when we look at our history, our Philippine history in the earlier days, during the Spanish times, um, what we always see is the struggle of Filipinos in the lowlands, right? In the Tagalog region, Pangasinan, those places. And most of the time, or let's just say it is safe to say, that the history of Philippine Revolution or the recorded history of Philippine Revolution is the history of the Tagalog Revolt, right? The likes of uh, Emilio Aguinaldo, Gregorio del Pilar, those uh, are heroes. Most of them are Tagalog. And uh, what is being uh, shown in the history book are there struggles in attaining our independence? While I'm not accusing historians of filtering data to record in the history books or in the books of history, and I'm in my still, I'm in my strongest stance that these unknown stories, like stories of Igorots in the Battle of Caloran, which we talked about. On my previous podcast must be known and be taught in schools as part of the history of our country well one of the reason uh, we don't give much uh, much attention to this is uh, well uh, history sometimes is the overlooked subject in our schools and uh, well this is chance to share the stories to our uh, people thanks to thanks to the um, advanced uh, technology now we can easily research the stories and uh, I took advantage of this uh, privilege of the availability of data because if there's no internet I might not know these things also so I took time to research these things and share it in this podcast. So, <clears throat> one of the seldom story or of the seldom heard stories or history of Filipino struggle against the Spaniards is the Igorot Revolt 
also called as the La Revuelto de Ligorot. And like I said a while ago, to clarify the term revolt, in my opinion here, is wrong. As based on my research, the Igorots never conquered the Igorot country. Now, for the sake of this uh, of the conversation, I would be calling the Igorot Igorot uh, territory during that time as the Igorot country. And uh, although I'd be using the revolt for the remaining of the podcast, I'd just like to clarify that I do not see it as a revolt. Okay? Like uh, when we say revolt, you uh, one must have conquered you already. And you are refusing to be conquered. And then, the, based on my research, the reason for this uh, war is that the Spaniards were trying to conquer them. So it's like uh, they repelled the Spaniards in conquering the Igorot country. Before we talk about revolt, we must remember that uh, subjugation by Spanish comes in many ways during the olden times so the first and most of the times bloodless technique that they employ the spaniards employ is the use of religion when the filipino was convinced to convert to catholicism then a lot of things will change so in the conversion of natives into catholicism a lot of things uh, they do a lot of things like um, first is instilling fear to the natives like um, you are worshipping uh, a false god and if you're worshipping you're worshipping that kind of god and not worshipping the real god you would be burned by an eternal flame and the um, the way the priest would teach this is they will create a fire and then uh, I, I read an account that they will create a fire and then I just throw an animal live animal in that fire and I watch it burn let the Filipinos watch the animal burn and it will tell them that in hell that will be eternal that you will be burned eternally if you will not convert to Catholicism. Of course, you instill fear to people, then of course they will follow that. So it's that's one of the way, one of uh, I, I one of the ways that I read that friars or the priest during those times do to convince. Filipinos to convert to Catholicism. Like I said, when you converted into Catholicism, then of course your way of life will change. Um, Spaniards will say that you are not allowed to do this because that is the pagan way and you have to do this. This is the Christian way. Your way of living, giving a thanks, you have to respect this because, um, you know, uh, we are the servants of God, things like that. A lot of things will change once you change your religion, way of life. And then after that, 
what they do is they create this um, place like the intramurals of Manila they will create a walled place wherein all the Christianized natives will stay of course under the management of the priest and of course that village will grow from generation to generation year per year that that place will grow and as time goes by the way of life of those people will change sooner or later that brown person will be speaking in Spanish and doing things to endure the Spanish captors that he didn't know have subjugated them so that is one of the let's just say bloodless way of converting uh, or subjugating people or conquering people that's one of the technique that the Spanish employed during their times another way of course is through the bloody war which they tried to employ with them um, Lapu-Lapu the first time they came here to the Philippines okay. and since we already know that uh, during that time the weaponry of the Filipinos is so not on par with the superior weapons of the Spaniards and of course 8 out of 10 battles, let's just say 9 out of 10 battles, the Filipinos will lose and they will be conquered and once they were conquered they have to follow, I mean obey what their conquerors are telling them until such time that they are converted and again to Catholicism and then finding themselves later on dressing as the Spanish people speaking Spanish again becoming as brown Spanish third one is kind of related to <clears throat> the first one of uh, using religion it's the brainwashing or changing the thinking of natives right like I said a while ago so you you try to show this this what the Spanish do during those times that they'll try to show that their life their way of life is better than the way that these natives are living and have them a taste of um, goodness in the way that Spanish live and then again when people will realize I mean when the natives were brainwashed they will think that oh my goodness our the way our, we are living is so difficult it's so not good and we have to be we have to follow these people if we want to live good to follow this people that teach us the way the big way of a better life and then of course they will become now the number one defender of their conquerors those are just one or let's just say three of the many ways that the Spanish conquered the Philippines like a hundred years ago <coughs> so going back to the Igorot uh, quote-unquote revolt so this is according to my research is that 
the Spanish saw the Igor's way of living and decided that it was very barbaric and of course in their mind they thought that it is their spiritual duty to Christianize the barbaric people. That's the first thing, right? And when we look at the time Ferdinand Magellan came to the Philippines and landed in Cebu City, I mean, in uh, the area of Visayas, the first thing that they did is to Christianize people, right? Because they thought, I'm not really sure about that spiritual or moral uh, responsibility if that's what they're thinking, but um, it is once that the people follow your religion, and this is just my opinion, once the people follow your religion, of course, you will be subjected to them and you'll be following whatever they're saying. Easiest way of conquering without uh, war, right? So when they saw the Igorots, they decided that they are very barbaric people and they need to be Christianized. And it, uh, let's just say, maybe they're thinking to themselves that it is their spiritual duty to Christianize them. But why did I say that that is not their real motive? If we are going to read the research of... Uh, I have some research here from someone of... Uh, I cannot remember the title, but it is The Igorots is Others. That's the, that's the title, I think, of the paper. Igorots is Others. You will see some of the accounts of the Spaniards, the accounts that they made about the Igorots, and you would not really think that the, the bottom line of all the accounts they wrote about Igorots during those times is that you can see that they who wrote those accounts think that they are of a different level of human. They're, that the Igorots are like akin to an animal of sort. Let's just say all of their accounts will say that Igorots are subhuman. Not directly saying that, but that is the tone of their writings. Sponsor time. So this podcast is brought to you by Dems Auto Performance. Dems Auto Performance Shop offers automotive servicing. And very personal ang kahit anong klase ng sasakyan. Huwag lang aeroplano. Located at Dalapang Latrida, Benguet. Of course, they also offer off-road servicing. So mga naglalaro ng off-road, gusto mong pa-convert ang sasakyan sa off-road, you can visit Dems Auto Performance at Alapang Latinidad Binget or you can also visit their Facebook page Dems Auto Performance Right? So maybe Spaniards another uh, let's just say Spaniards maybe really want to Christianize them but there's a hidden motive as to why they want to Christianize the Igorots one of this is the fact that in the early days, the Igorot land or the Igorot country has a vast deposit of gold. Until now, we can say that uh, Cordillera is the vast deposit of gold, um, as evident by the mining, big mining companies here in the Igorot land. 
we have the Felix Mining Company. We already have the Lipanto Mining Company. Uh, there are a lot of mining um, firms here in the land of the Igorots. And uh, that would be the believable, more believable reason why they want to Christianize the Igorots for an easier access to that gold reserve. Now, because it's very difficult to conduct business with the Igorots, and of course, taking the gold from them is easier when they're subjugated. That's the reason why they're interested and they directed their attention towards the uh, Christianizing or towards the Igorot country with the guise of Christianizing or Christianism. Right? Now, I have nothing against Christianism. I am a Christian myself. But looking at the looking back at history this is what i see as the reason for them turning their attention to the europe land it is also important to note as proven by the accounts of travelers that they really thought of egrets as subhuman right this is what i'm talking a while back that most of the accounts from white people who came to see the or who have encountered Igrots would say that uh, they're of a different uh, human species they're more of an animal things like that and uh, I want to uh, say there's an account that uh, of a I don't know the name I forgot the name but there's an account that um, he and his Tagalog uh, slave we're walking, I mean, traveling through the mountains, and they met this Igorot, and they scared him away, and they took three jars that he was carrying. And then, so be, because they were traveling, they were so hungry, they opened the jar, and they tried to see what's inside and they saw there are some foods and then when they open one jar they took out the content and they took out a human hand it was already cooked accordingly now whether this story is true or this is one of the technique of the ingredients to scare the foreigners we don't know but they made it they they imply that egorots practice or do cannibalism now i'm an egorot and though i cannot say that i did an extensive research about my culture i would say that egorots have never practiced cannibalism now those are one of the unbelievable accounts that these white people have done or created it was published and it was redistributed throughout the world that has marred the image of Igorot that is until now when you just it's the same well when you hear the word Igorot it uh, sometimes uh, paint a different picture to the mind of those who are hearing it 
Now another another account that was written, which was which is uh, uh, presented in the paper Igorots as others, is that one account is a woman, an Igorot woman, accordingly confessed to this writer that they have sex with monkeys just to satisfy their lust and a modern man who would be reading this will find this one as absurd okay and uh, you know during those times when people believe what they're reading because it's it was written by someone who was in that area they will easily believe this and that painted another picture like i said that igorots are subhuman one of the statement also again just to add it here is that um when this writer is observing the way the igorots practice their beliefs and their way of lab uh, living um this writer labeled it as an aberration of intelligence you know so with all those accounts written if you really think <laughs> that you need to christianize these people you wouldn't write such things right because you think that those or these people are just true equal but they just don't know god yet that would be um that would be one of the thing i mean that would be the one that will come to your mind when you want to christianize a person but since reading these accounts and then looking at the first reason why they want to go to the igorot land is to christianize and then looking at these accounts right here I would not uh, I would not be inclined to believe that they really want to Christianize the Igorots. They want to subjugate the Igorots. That's the reason why they want to Christianize them. They want them to be one of their slaves. Is it? Now, <clears throat> as to the accounts of a lot of people, um, this was also as um, relayed to them by the people of the lowlands or the Philippines that were already subjugated by the Spanish is that there are a lot of people coming from the mountains they dress differently they have their tattoos and they try to do business with us like barter change barter system uh, they trade with us and they have different ornaments or jewelries that are that is made of gold so this account was related to the spanish and one they tried to see it for themselves they saw that these people from the mountains or from the gulot which is the spanish for mountain and e means people from the mountain so igorot igorot means people from the mountain who are coming down and trading with this lowland people when they saw them they really saw that they have 
golds in their bodies right? earrings necklaces things like that so this made them have their interest turn to the mountains trying to conquer that mountain but they for the long time they have difficulties conquering the mountains of the or the Igorot country for the reason that the Igorots are very secretive of their place they wouldn't tell people where they come from they would just point to the mountains but they will not really tell the people exactly where they are living and apparently there's a reason for that and when they ask them sometimes the Igorot person will act stupid and act that he does not understand what they're saying things like that and the, the reason for that one is apparently when someone among them will tell the place where they're living that person will get killed and uh, that's that shows that during the earlier days the Igrods are very territorial they don't like um, other people um, you know encroaching their territory but the thing is that during the American times they were so very welcoming of the Americans now for the reason of for whatever reason or if you want to know the reason we'll be talking about that on the next podcast but for now that is the scenario the Igorots are very secretive of their place during the 16-1500s they would not like to show the places their place to the pe- people in the lowlands especially to the Spaniards now in the 1601 we have this uh, friar named Esteban Marin Spanish priest now Esteban Marin is a very intelligent priest you know um, he stayed in um, before that he stayed in uh, Pampanga um, he is instrumental in pacifications or in Christianizing the people of Pampanga so he mastered the Tagalog language and then later on he moved to Ilocos during the 1580s and during his stay in the Ilocos region he mastered the the Ilocano language so he was very adept in Ilocano language and I think he even wrote um, even wrote uh, dictionaries on language of Ilocano and Zambal and he even mastered some of the Igorot languages now in in the Igorot country there are a lot of language now we don't know what language he mastered or he learned what Igorot language he learned but he was a very intelligent man he was able to or he was able to manage to learn different language of the natives right so this Esteban Marin is a friar who you know has been tasked with a mission 
of Christianizing the Filipinos. So he is Marine is no stranger to Igorots as he had previous encounters with them when he was in the Ilocos region. Now take note that Igorots are doing their trades are with the Ilocanos or the Ilocos. So that's how Marine have them encountered the Igorots. Right? Now so with our the story here, with the backdrop here that uh, um these people look at the Igorots as subhumans and they heard about the gold in the Cordillera regions tried to own it and they can own it by subjugating the people living at that place so they ordered a an expedition to go to you know go to this podcast is brought to you by Millennial Tech. Millennial Tech could not repair the printer, and install the CCTV, repair the cellular phone, computer, and other electrical appliances. For more information, mabalina ibisitan yun daida at kubkubo building praparabatan bugyas pinget, or you can contact them through their cell phone number 0910-255-0382, or you can visit their Facebook page Millennial Tech. the Igorot country right now it's very important also to note here that during those times the the people of lowlands and the people of the mountains or the Igorots are having communications with people uh, I mean having communications with each other so let's say for example take example of the um communications the Igorots have with Kapulo right um, Kapulo is the son of Lakandula now everybody in the Philippines knows Lakandula Lakandula is that of Tondo now there is an account that people of the mountains are friends with Kapulo the son of that uh, um, leader of Tondo. So, Igorots are not um, what they call this one. They they are friendly to their neighbors, but they want to see if your intentions in befriending them is really pure. Right. So. During those times, so because um, Capolo is under the Spanish rule now, they used him to um, negotiate with the leaders of the highlands or the leaders of the Igorot country. And Capolo, according to um, some historians, is a very good negotiator. So, of course, he befriended these Igorots. And he talked with them, and he was able to manage to get tax from them. Um, the tax is paid in gold. That's the reason why the interest of the Spaniards peaked even higher, because 
when they give their share of their tax or their tax to the Spaniard government, they pay it in gold. That's why. Now, for some unknown reason, um, Capulo and the relationship of Capulo with the Igorot it soured, and there was also an account that the last time Capulo visited the Igorots, they hit him in the head, in the face, and that the 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 injury was so deadly that Capullo almost died because of the injury. Now, because of this reason, um, they sent this uh, priest going back to um, Marine. So they sent Marine and some of the think techniques that they did because they cannot penetrate the territory of the Igorots is that they will capture Igorots who are trading and make them their slaves. Another way is that those people from the lowlands who are already conquered are being used against the Igorots to kill the Igorots. They use them as soldiers to attack the Igorots. That's what they did. Now, and when they they capture Igorots, they will also uh, make them slaves. And um, the Igorots did, uh, didn't react for a long time until such time that this priest, Marine, was sent. So, um, because of his experience, like what we said a while ago, that Marine, Esteban Marine, is an expert of the different language of the area so that's the reason why he was sent and uh, according to this text here Marine journeyed from Japan armed with nothing but cross and accompanied by a lone servant though he was deemed inspirational by other friars who soon followed his footsteps the fate that befell Marine was actually tragic. Initially, he was able to gain friendship of the Igorot. While preaching about Christianity and the need to pledge allegiance to Spanish crown, Marine was ensnared by the Igorot warriors and tied to a tree. He was then shot with arrows several times and it is also said that after he was hanged, the warriors even went on as to decapitate Marine and burn his corpse. His servant met an unfortunate event as well. So the priest, this intelligent priest who was sent to Christianize the Igorots was killed. Apparently, the Igorots don't like to be told that the god they're worshipping is not the real god and that killed the priest. Now, because of this, now this priest is a high-profile one. It's a very big loss for them because he's a great asset to the Spanish government because he can speak the different language of the country. Or of Luzon, let's just say northern Luzon. And because of that, because of his death, the Spanish sent soldiers. So... Lieutenant Mateo de Aranda led the infantry comprised of Spaniards 
So, because of the death of Marine, the Spanish sent these soldiers led by Mateo Aranda. And the composition of this army is uh, Spaniards and, of course, their subjugated people of the lowland that came from Pampanga. These natives from Pampanga also, um, we cannot say they volunteered. Let's just say they have no choice because they are subjugated came to attack the Igorots but of course that mission also failed and uh, you know they retreated because of course they failed right now um, because of this uh, attacks happening the Igorots an estimated 3,000 warriors okay, attacked them in Carvalho Mountain. Now this, uh, let's just, because a lot of people think that this Igorot revolt happened in the mountains of Cordillera. No, it happened in Carvalho in Pantabangan. Right? So the Igorots then had enough and they decided to attack. And according to historians, and I wouldn't, think there's uh, 3,000 of them, let's just say 1,000 maybe, or half of that number. According to the historians, 3,000 warriors descended upon them, prompting some from Aranda's side to flee out of fear. They, they got scared because of the numbers, and two incidents brought about the realization that the mountains were rather impenetrable and that the Igorots should be left alone. Native soldiers from Ilos and Pampanga soon stopped engaging with the Igorot, and only a couple of Dominican friars from Manawag and Pangasinan and Agustinian friars from Ilocos continued their evangelizations in the mountains of Cordillera and Carabalho. There had been a number of missions that were established in Cordillera, but all of this were eventually destroyed by the Igorots. So, it just showed, like I said, that when um, these warriors, Igorot warriors, attacked them, um, this showed how brave they are, and that um, it also showed that the Spanish cannot attack them in the mountains, because the mountains is at their home, and they know it like the back of their hand. And this also made the native soldiers from Ilocos and Pampanga stop helping those Spanish people. Okay. Nevertheless, this evangelization project of the Spaniards continued. Still, they are eventually destroyed by the Igorots. Okay. Now, you might be wondering what made them, like, how did the Igorots win? If, you know, uh, just picture this, um, Spaniard soldiers long, long time ago wear a metal helmet and a metal armor and they are armed with rifles or guns. And not a very high-tech gun like the gun we have now, but still as compared to the Igorot warrior, an Igorot warrior only has a spear 
a shield and a machete or let's just say a cutting implement and he's only wearing g-string aside from the tattoos from his body that's the only thing that he has now how did they win against the Spaniards now the the reason for that one is they have what we, they they employed what we call the uh, retreat or feigned retreat and what they do during the battle is that they pretend that they are losing the battle and then they will move back so they will retreat and the enemy will run after them and of course they will retreat until they will go to a place where they have companies with a company with them hiding uh, hiding behind the trees and then they will lead those enemy or their enemies to that area and that's the that is the time that when they reach the area they will fight back and that tactic was very effective that they can decimate the entire army that is following them there are a lot of accounts like that we're in uh, some accounts saying that he watched his comrades um, he watched his comrades head fall off or fell off and he saw one warrior drink the blood oozing from the head that he just decapitated you know now oh, that is a very graphic description but that's why the the rating for this podcast is e which means it is explicit that means i do curse sometimes and i do explain graphic graphic descriptions at times like this one now they also would do the guerrilla tactic like uh, after after the after the uh, engagement or after the big uh, clash with the enemy regardless of the result they will secretly follow those army moving or going home and then they will attack on the time least expected by these enemies so there are the there are accounts that Spaniards or the soldiers from the Spanish army when walking in the jungle got so tired got so tired just thinking when some of the enemy will attack and just after engaging and then the enemy will be will disappear and then while they were walking they got so tired of just thinking when the enemy will attack that one of them fainted there's some of the accounts I read in an old book so because of this military hardship that they experienced it's the reason why they did not push through conquering the entire Igorot area though there are some areas in the Igorot country that was conquered which take the 
part of the Cervantes Ilocosor and the area of Lepanto, still a very small part of the Igorot country. And if that area was conquered, the Igorots will just move inwards in the mountains, in the forest, and will leave that place, leaving the Spaniards in that area alone with their servants, of course. So that is the reason why a while back I was saying that this is not a revolt. This is, let's just say, this is a war which was won by the Igorots through their wit, even though they have a very low, low-tech weapon, um, crude weapon, they still manage. This podcast is brought to you by Millennial Tech. Millennial Tech could not repair the printer, and install the CCTV, repair the cellular phone, computer, and other electrical appliances. For more information, mabali na ibisitan nyo daida at Kubkubo Building, Praparabatan, Bugias, Pinget. Or you can contact them through their cell phone number 0910-255-0382. Or you can visit their Facebook page, Millennial Tech. to defeat a more powerful army. Now, this um, this story can be read in the book of uh, Mario Alvaro Limas, The Untold Story of Igorot's Revolt. Again, I would not say this is a revolt. Another one is the Kasaysayan ng Pinas. Aklasan ng mga Igorot. Though this is very short, the, the account here is very short that I have to, you know, research for five days to compile at least um, complete picture of this, this story, right? Now, that's the reason why for 350 years, the Spaniards have never completely conquered the Igorot country. The Igorot country was the only place that they never, um, let's say, completely conquered. And they just gave up. They just gave up on it. Um, they, I think they saw that they, the damages incurred is not... Um, I cannot be paid by what they will be gaining if they are going to conquer the land. This podcast is brought to you by Carltech Repairs. Carltech Repair can repair the cell phone, tablet, and laptop. Mapa software man problema na daita or hardware, kayang kayan ti Carltech Repairs. Carltech Repair kut masarahan is stall number 113, second floor of Old Public Market, KM5 Blatrin.Benget, or you can contact them at 910 1930 or in their telephone number 074-424-0701 that is Caltech Repairs that's one of the reasons why and uh, if we are going to continue reading through history we would see that Americans have more success in 
conquering, or I mean subjugating, let's just say subjugating, the Ugarots. And the reason is because they, I don't know, um, they did it in a friendly way and they did it through education. That is the difference. Um, Igorots saw the importance of education, that they need to upgrade their learning. That's the reason why uh, they came close to Americans. As compared to, um, maybe they saw through the facade of religion, um, religious conversion. They saw that, that they have an inner motive, they have another angle why they're like forcing you to convert to Catholicism. That is why they repel the Spaniards um, coming to their place. So this is the story of the Igorot so-called code and code revolt. It's let's just call it the Igorot and Spanish War. And I'll be seeing you again on the next episode of history for our Igorot. See you next time.